0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path. Give all who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ and to strive after all that does it honour. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Amos. Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, said to Amos, Go away, seer. Get back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there. Do your prophesying there. We want no more prophesying in Bethel. This is the royal sanctuary, the national temple. I was no prophet, neither did I belong to any of the brotherhood of prophets, Amos replied to Amaziah. I was a shepherd, and looked after sycamores. But it was the Lord who took me from herding the flock. And the Lord who said, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation.
0: Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation.
1: I will hear what the Lord God has to say, a voice that speaks of peace. Peace for his people. His help is near for those who fear him, and his glory will dwell in our land.
0: Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation.
1: Mercy and faithfulness have met, justice and peace have embraced. Faithfulness shall spring from the earth, and justice look down from heaven.
0: Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation.
1: The Lord will make us prosper, and our earth shall yield its fruit. Justice shall march before him, and peace shall follow his steps.
0: Lord, show us your mercy and love, and grant us your salvation.
2: A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings of heaven in Christ. Before the world was made, he chose us, chose us in Christ, to be holy and spotless and to live through love in his presence, determining that we should become his adopted sons through Jesus Christ for his own kind purposes, to make us praise the glory of his grace, his free gift to us in the beloved in whom through his blood we gain our freedom, the forgiveness of our sins. Such is the richness of the grace which he has showered on us in all wisdom and insight. He has let us know the mystery of his purpose, the hidden plan he so kindly made in Christ from the beginning, to act upon when the times had run their course to the end, that he would bring everything together under Christ as head everything the heavens and everything on earth and it is in him that we were claimed as God's own chosen from the beginning under the predetermined plan of the one who guides all things as he decides by his own will chosen to be for his greater glory the people who would put their hopes in Christ before he came now you too in him have heard the message of the truth and the good news of your salvation and have believed it and you too have been stamped with the seal of the holy spirit of the promise the pledge of our inheritance which brings freedom for those whom god has taken for his own to make his glory praised the word of the lord thanks be to god alleluia alleluia may the father of our lord jesus christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we might see how great is the hope To which we are called. Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
2: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark.
2: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus made a tour around the villages teaching. Then he summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs, giving them authority over the unclean spirits. And he instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no haversack, no coppers for their purses. They were to wear sandals, but, he added, do not take a spare tunic. And he said to them, if you enter a house anywhere, stay there until you leave the district. And if any place does not welcome you and people refuse to listen to you, as you walk away, shake off the dust from under your feet as a sign to them. So they set off to preach repentance. And they cast out many devils, and anointed many sick people with oil, and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord.
2: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: All right. so the first reading today comes from the book of the prophet Amos. Uh, Now, I don't know, Amos probably isn't uh, one of the common prophets that that sort of get put before us that sort of gets put before us, you know, on a regular basis. You know, Isaiah, yep. Ezekiel, yep. Jeremiah, yep. Amos, eh, not so much. So, okay, who is he? What's he about? Well, the prophet Amos is actually one of the really early prophets. Um, And what's happened is that the kingdom of Israel has split in two. So there are ten tribes in the north, and they split off and appoint their own king, right? They leave the line of David after Solomon dies, uh, and his son takes over. And after they split, they appoint their own king, Jeroboam. So that gives rise to two kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel in the north. These are the ten tribes that have split, and the kingdom of Judah to the south. But the thing is this isn't just a political problem it's a spiritual problem as well because Jerusalem it's a city in the south it's you know the city where the line of David reigns in the kingdom of Judah and there you've got the temple that king Solomon built now the new king in the north doesn't want his people to have divided loyalties, constantly heading down to Jerusalem to worship and offer sacrifices. So the king builds a rival place of worship in the north, in Bethel. That's the place we've just heard about in the first reading. So, you know, in a short span of time, The worship offered at the sanctuary in Bethel falls into corruption and idolatry. And instead of worshipping the one true God, the one who led them out of slavery in Egypt, they start to worship the gods of their neighbours. Now, in the meantime, the northern kingdom has experienced economic prosperity. But it's the rich who grow rich by exploiting the poor. And the morality of the people has plummeted. Let's just say that the ten tribes in the north, they've gone off track. So what does God do? He picks Amos. But the thing about Amos is that his home is in the southern kingdom. He's from Judah. And so he's sent to the north to prophesy to the ten tribes in the north. Now, he's a brave guy, right, because he goes up to the north and starts condemning the king and the ruling classes for their injustice and their immorality and their idolatry. In fact, the first reading that we've heard today is Amos prophesying in the very sanctuary that was built to rival the temple in Jerusalem. So, needless to say, he's causing a bit of a kerfuffle. And one of the priests of the sanctuary, Amaziah, comes out to stop Amos speaking. And he's not exactly polite here either. He basically insists that Amos shuts his mouth. He calls Amos a foreigner, tells him to go back to the southern kingdom where he came from. And he says, you want to prophesy? Fine, go and do it in your own country. We want no more prophesying in Bethel. This is the royal sanctuary, the national temple. And you can hear the kind of like twist of the knife that comes in when he says this is the royal sanctuary. In other words, this is the place of the king. Now, not the king of the Davidic line. He says this is the national temple, but not the temple that Solomon built. Basically, Amos, you don't belong here. Now, Amos's response to Amaziah is brilliant. He starts by telling the people that, in fact, he's not a prophet by trade. He's not a member of the professional prophet class. He's really just a simple shepherd. You know, some bloke who farms sycamore trees. So how did Amos the shepherd farmer end up in the sanctuary in Bethel condemning the king of the north? Well, we hear, it's the Lord who took me from herding the flock and the Lord who said, go prophesy to my people Israel. A simple man, maybe an uneducated man, sent to the royal temple in the north to go and to read the riot act to the king and the people who'd strayed from worshipping the true God and who'd become idolatrous. And if you read the rest of the book of Amos, you'll see that he really gives them both barrels. He lets them have it. So maybe Amos reveals to us something of the mystery of God's will. Why on earth did God choose Amos? Of all the people, he chose this lowly and foreign shepherd to proclaim his word to the most powerful and educated people in the north. And it's interesting, too, that when Amaziah questions Amos' credentials, Amos actually embraces his lowliness. When Amaziah says, who the heck do you think you are prophesying in this temple? You know, Amos basically says, I know, right? I'm just a nobody from down south. But doesn't that just show you that the prophecies I give aren't from me, but from God? Amos reveals to us something quite mysterious about the way that God works. He chooses people out of his own free will, out of his own wisdom, and he picks them, even when to us it's not at all clear why. Still, there's something fitting about picking a shepherd, right? Someone who pastures the sheep? And what about being this dresser of sycamores? Someone who cultivates, someone who grows. It's telling us a little bit of something about what a prophet does, doesn't it? Shepherding. Growing. Now, Amos has got a pretty sharp tone about him. (laughs) He doesn't mince words. But this call to repentance? It's a call to life. It's a call to growth. God thinks Amos fits the bill just fine. Even if Amaziah doesn't get it. Well... Once again, we see God behaving like this when Jesus sends his apostles. In Mark's gospel, we see this is entirely Christ's initiative. He chooses his twelve according to standards, which for us seem really strange. The job of the apostle here is really important, though. If you look at what they're doing, they're preaching, healing, casting out devils. These are all the things that Jesus does. The apostles are being sent out far and wide in order to do the very things that Jesus does, to preach the very gospel Jesus does, and to do it all in his name because they've been given authority by him to do so. It's Christ's initiative who he chooses. And just like the prophet Amos, he chooses some pretty unlikely candidates. I think if we're given the task of putting together a crew to go preach the gospel, to cast out some devils and to anoint the sick, I suspect the first thing we'd do is put together a job description, list off the qualities and qualifications that such a person would need to have, and then we'd have a panel to interview the potential candidates for the 12 jobs on offer. And so I'd say if the decision were left to us, I think we'd probably end up with scribes and Pharisees, a couple of philosophers maybe. Maybe a few people trained in debating, in rhetoric. But not Jesus. His 12 are fishermen. Matthew, a tax collecting collaborator with the Roman occupiers. Simon the Zealot, who was a political activist, violently opposed the Roman occupation. So you can imagine how well those two guys got along. And some suggest that Judas Iscariot may have been an accountant or something similarly financial. So, apart from Judas Iscariot who could have the finances covered, we probably wouldn't have picked any of these guys. There's something mysterious about God's choices. They're entirely free. And it seems to defy conventional human logic. You've got Christ choosing these twelve for the important task of participating in his mission of preaching, healing, and casting out devils. God chooses this shepherd farmer to set the northern kingdom straight and to prophesy God's word to them. God chooses who he wants for reasons that are best known to him. God is absolutely free. Now, St. Paul understands this, and he touches upon it in the beginning of his letter to the Ephesians, which we heard as the second reading today. Here's what we heard. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before the world was made, he chose us, chose us in Christ to be holy and spotless and to live through love in his presence, determining that we should become his adopted sons through Jesus Christ for his own kind purposes. We're all swept up in this incredible mystery of God's absolutely free, eternal choice. Before the world was made, God chose us. He chose us to know Christ Jesus, to be baptized and become a member of his body, the church. He gave us grace so that we would become sons and daughters of God. And as much as the prophet Amos, as much as the twelve apostles, we have all been chosen. But I think sometimes we can get the wrong end of it. The temptation is to think that going to Mass and worshipping God, that, you know, that's all our own initiative. After all, I was the one who chose to leave my warm home, brave the cold and to go to church. So really, it's maybe God who should be grateful to me. Hmm. Nope. It's God's initiative. It's the choice of the Father. He chose us. He chose us in Christ to be holy and spotless and to live through love in His presence. And so, our eternal gratitude goes to the Father. But notice something important about when God chooses someone, whether it's Amos or the Twelve or whoever. He chooses them not only for their sakes, but for the sake of others. When God chooses, it's for a mission. God calls, blesses, and then he sends. As Christians, we're blessed to be called by God. But that means also that we must be attentive to where he sends us. And that means then that the fundamental attitude of the Christian is to listen, to listen to the voice of God and then to do what he commands. To come to the Lord, listen, and then be sent by him. That's the foundation of what it means to be Christian. It's to be called first, to listen to Christ for when And to listen to Christ for where we're sent. So Amos was called and then sent to the north to box the king around the ears. But it might not always be quite so ground shaking. Now, for me, I mean, I received my marching orders in a pretty dramatic way when Christ called me and sent me to be a priest. Many others are called and sent to be religious brothers and sisters. Still others are called and sent to be married and to proclaim the gospel to their children. At heart, though, we are Christians, and we're on a mission because we know that we've been called by God, not only for our own sake, but for the sake of others. And so we're on a mission because having been called, we know that God therefore also has sent us. So, let's be doubly attentive to the voice of the Lord, because the fundamental attitude is to listen for the voice of God, and to go when he sends us. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.